Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The, the concept of prosperity has been so abused in the church because it, it has been, it has been a, uh, a spiritualization of greed. God has God's goal. When he said to Abraham, he said, I will make you a blessing to all nations. And what did that mean? Abraham became very wealthy. Not so that Abraham could be sitting there chewing on the caviar, drinking the Dom Perignon, but so that he could be a blessing to the nations. Listen, listen, for too long, the world has looked at the, the church and they go, I don't want any of what you got, right? Whether it's, it's, uh, it's a bitterness and self-righteousness or it's poverty or it's whatever it is. They're like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need that. But, you know, I've shared this testimony before. Isaiah says that we will lend to nations. When the Christchurch um, uh, earthquake happened in New Zealand, they went through all their cash on hand to address it almost instantaneously. It was so, what a huge earthquake. And they had no way to get cash quickly enough. Governments moved too slowly to get the cash and people were suffering. So guess what? A Christian businessman in Australia called up and said, um, do you need some money? Because I got some. And he wired them $100 million. Because he's a blessing to the nations. What if God doesn't... So many times I have... Um, I, I'll be... Like, when you're in survival, you're hoping to get out of survival. Anybody? Anybody? Like, that's your number one goal. You have no other goals. Anybody gotten to the point where literally just survival is enough? I'll never ask anything else. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about. You're in that place. But what does... God, so often when I've been crying out to God for survival, he goes, "Mm -mm, too small. He put it this way with Jesus. In Isaiah, he says, it is too small a thing for my servant Israel just to be saved, for my servant to save Israel. I I want to make him a light to the Gentiles. If you and I will begin to get God's heart for how he wants to bless others through us, suddenly we will have faith big enough, way more. Because see, our needs are his business. His desires are ours. When we allow him to care for our needs, then we can focus on his desires. When we focus on his desires, guess what? Our needs get taken care of. That was a freebie. Moving right along. Oh, all right, Jesus. Oh, (laughs) oh, oh, let's just pray because it's, Talking to Jesus is always fun. Oh, Jesus, you are better than we could ask, think, or imagine. We have gotten you so confused with somebody else half the time. You are loving and kind and gracious. You are not holding out. You're not playing silent. You're not giving us, holding us at a distance. You're not hiding from us, but you have, you are running to us. You are pursuing us. And so we, Lord, Lord, we say to you, catch us today. We love you. Your name. Amen. If you've been here at all, uh, we've been going through the book of Galatians. 
And the book of Galatians is one of our absolute favorites. There's two or three books in the Bible, Galatians, Colossians, and most of Romans, which preach the gospel the best and the purest possible. And so one of the things that we have here, as we, we've shared so many times, is Paul is preaching, giving a letter to four churches that he spent tons of time with. He planted these churches at great loss. He was beaten, stoned to death. Uh, well, it didn't take. And, uh, and, and so many things he suffered for the sake of bringing them the gospel. And uh, he went away, and they had super teachers who came in and told them, I know Paul was awesome. I know what he teached you about the cross was wonderful. Remember how he said, I determined to know only what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. I determined that there's only one answer to every single problem in life. He said, I determined that there's only one answer to every single problem in life. And it's Jesus Christ and him crucified. But anybody here, you, th- you, you tried that for a while. It didn't quite work the way you expected. So you went searching for an upgrade. Two of us, three of us, I'll wait. <laughs> I mean, no, just being honest. And this is what happens is sometimes anybody here waited on a solution and in your waiting, you decided to help God out? How did that work out for you? Oh my gosh, the scars on my life, just from that. I, nobody needed to abuse me. I did it for myself. I was all in. I was, I, so in this place, as they're waiting, sometimes, many times, how do I say this? I, fe- I felt like the Lord said this to me many years ago as I was discovering that the word pain and tribulation and trial are mostly are connected with this idea of either testing, which is to make you stronger, or the second is just simply pressure. And what I realized is most of the pain in my life has come from me fearing that something will happen and running out into oncoming traffic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like instead of waiting on the Lord resting secure, I went and tried to help him out and jumped in front of a Mack truck. Okay. So in this place, the super teachers come in and we talked about this before. What are the super teachers? Pharisees and Sadducees. So the Pharisees, the Pharisees are these guys who all they want to do is be right. Even if you're wrong, be right. And, and hey, and you should be right too. And if you don't know that, I've got a whole bucket of shame and guilt to help you understand. And then the other group is the Sadducees. And the Sadducees, they're like, you know what? All your right is not working. So how about we just make it work, right? Whatever it takes, make it work, right? You know what? Being right doesn't pay the bills. So come over here. I tried being a a, a moral business person and that... and. The wolves just eat you for lunch. So I'm going to come over here and I'm going to make it work one way or another, right? No, no amens on that? All right. And uh, into this place, he, he's speaking to them and he's saying, guys, 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 you know, because these guys over here are telling them tricks, right? Oh, you're waiting on healing? Don't worry. I've got a few tricks. Anybody heard some healing tricks? No? Oh, come on. Give me some. Oh, Oh yeah, a little piece of cloth that you buy online and then attach to your forehead or something. What else? You gotta have enough faith. I don't even know what that is, but I've got like a faith worker upper. What else? What else? 
take communion every day. What's that? Blessing in a can. Blessing in a can. I like that. Come on. I, I, that's another. I always had another can opened on me, but that was a different issue. Uh, but uh, but uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway. Um, Oh my goodness. Yes, like like what is the, the thing is like if I dance on one foot, if I sing the hallelujah chorus like I said in Hebrew or or I or I, I do the right word. Oh, I if I ref, if I call Jesus by his Hebrew name, he has to come. <laughs> right? Courts <sighs> mm, stepping away from the vehicle. Levels and devils and tricks and all this stuff. But guess what? Anybody found out that it eventually doesn't work? And anybody found out that all you're being right, you're still wrong? Amen. And that's why Jesus came, because we could never live this life on our own. He came to pull us out of those two ditches and make us right with God, right relationship, which therefore translates that we begin to manifest effortlessly his nature. Amen. He is good. He is loving. He is kind, right? The fruits of the Spirit, right behavior results from those things and out of that guess what things begin to work jesus said greater works will you do than i do what works that works works is supernatural miracles yours and my lives should not simply be uh explainable by natural phenomena you can wipe it all away no it's okay okay Okay. All right. Okay. So you've got, you've got these two systems that are pulling and this is the world he's speaking to. You might say, Peter, you're, you're beating a dead horse. Anybody tried to resurrect that horse a few times? Do you know what I'm talking about? It is so ingrained into the history of the world. We have spent so much time in both of those ditches thinking they're normal that we need a hard rewire to understand there is no way there is no answer but the cross. Yeah, I feel like we are constantly hashing this out. And I'm like, no, I, if, I, if I don't see the reality yet, we're going to keep digging in, right? If I, I, I feel like the scariest thing for me is to put something on the shelf and say, I already know it, I already got it, but I do not see the manifestation of it in my life. Mm. Right? Like, I'm, I'm so real. Like, I grew up, you know, in a communist country where they fed us a bunch of lies and told us that in the sweet by and by, Socialism right? will be Socialism achieved. Socialism will be achieved in the sweet by and by. So a lot of Christianity, like, when I start hearing that, I'm like, mm-mm, no. <laughs> no sweet by and by. <laughs> right? It's either real or it's not. Like, I have to see it, and I have to experience it. And so I've been hashing out for language of how do I personally experience it, right? And um, I think the best picture I've got so far is that all of this, this mm -hmm. parts, can you draw staircase, staircase am, to heaven? <laughs> or is it a highway to hell? Huh? Well, whichever. So it's the staircase, right? On this side and on this side. It's me going up to heaven. It's me climbing up. It's me making another effort, another strive. And what if I want to get someone to heaven with me? What now do I, I have to do? Drag them. <laughs> I have to drag them. Oh, my goodness. 
not, not just me like dying over there on the staircase to heaven, but I'm also dragging other bodies against their will sometimes on my person. Right? You get the picture? Not fun. A lot of work. A lot of work. And what I keep seeing, can I have this? Um, what I keep seeing is that the lamb freshly slain, the cross, has provided this river that's flowing from the foundation of the world. This river is flowing. And you can climb up on the staircase, which gives you an illusion of control. Or you can release and ride down like a whitewater park, right down this river. <laughs> and release heaven to earth. Where you don't have much control, but it's very easy and it's very fun. And there is a lot of power behind you, right? Because when you are sliding down, anyone on your way, you splash. <laughs> and if they want to jump in in the river with you, they can slide down. But they may be grumpy that they got wet. <laughs> they might not like being wet, yes. But you are not dragging them up to heaven. Mm -mm. Come on. You come are not on. striving. You are not grinding. So I feel like those staircases, the, um, it's the flesh. It's, you know, it's... Self-effort. Self-effort. It's me. Another hour of Bible study to get closer to right. God. Right, another prayer meeting, another, you know, I didn't pray long enough, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't beat myself enough, I didn't dig no, inside of my heart enough. No flogging. Flogging, flogging is a big part of that staircase, right? You're never enough, right? Because there is, Paul tells us that there is absolutely no way on that staircase to heaven, on that treadmill, we can get to Jesus. <laughs> there is no way. And as long as we're trying up here, you know, we'll never get there. We and and these, just... are, these are not to scale, by the way. <laughs> this is a never-ending staircase. Never. In fact, I have bad news. It's not even a, a staircase. It's a it's treadmill. It's an escalator going backwards. <laughs> You're on the down escalator. Anybody done that? You're running hard and staying in place. But at least you look good. And you're getting your steps. Yeah, true. <laughs> hey, my Chuck E. Cheese coins, right? It has to count for something. Come on. <laughs> All of my effort has to count for something. But this river is a river of grace. That's the power of God to do the will of God that's flowing through us where we get to just flow. So the biggest difference is the difference of direction, right? In these two things. One is me trying to get to heaven and doing all this stuff. Another one is me living from heaven. Yes. Come on. Right? It's all the difference of direction. In our hearts, it's such a tricky little line. Yeah. Right? Of me trying to climb up, trying to please God, other than living out of his pleasure. What if he's already as pleased with you as he's ever going to be? Yeah. Would that give you some freedom? Marina, when little Judah was born, were you pleased with him? <laughs> but he hadn't done anything yet. <laughs> the cheeks, the, the cheeks. cheeks. Because, because he looked like the two of you. You knew you look like your papa. Even if, you know a baby, anybody seen a baby getting born? They look like an alien. They look like they've been squeezed and squished. And, you know, you know, you know. Only, only, only a mother could love this. 
Only a papa could love this. But guess what? Your papa, you're like, I'm pretty ugly right now. Anybody done some ugliness? He's like, I love you because you still look like me. You're like, but I haven't done anything yet. Jesus had never performed a miracle. Jesus had never preached the gospel. Jesus had done nothing. He comes up to the water for his baptism and God goes, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We live from his pleasure. We live from his joy. We do not try to attain his pleasure. We do not try to make him like us. We recognize that he does and then we go, God, I don't like me. What do you like in me? What do you like in me? What do you see in me? What did you put in me? Because I don't see it. Mm -hmm. And things begin to change yeah. radically. One of the things, though, is like Masha said, is you have to recognize what is happening in your life. And it should be pretty easy to tell the difference between a slip and slide and the wrong way escalator. Do you think that should be easy? So let me ask you a question. What are the signs that you may be on the wrong way escalator of works or of making yourself right? It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. You're sweaty. No joy. Yeah, I mean, you could, huh? Depressed. Come on. Well, tell, tell for your neighbor, not you. I'm, but any, it's not fun. Angry. What? You get worn out. So, so one of the things that I'm trying to get really good at, and we talked about this, Hebrews 5 talks about it, we, we train our senses to discern good. Who is good? God, right? And evil. You know what that word evil? It speaks of striving, self-effort. So what happens is when I'm doing stuff and I'm getting angry, I'm sweating, I'm depressed, I'm frustrated, <laughs> guess what? I don't sit there and go, do it harder. Right? Anybody, you know, did, anybody did that as a kid, dug a hole to China? Yeah. I did it. I did it. I got there. No. No, you eventually get in a hole you can't even climb out of. And so the thing about it is, is that when I recognize that the results in my life don't look like this, instead of beating myself, shaming myself, trying to do harder, what do I do? Jesus, Daddy, Papa, ah! <laughs> What have Jump I done? Jump in the river, right? Yeah. Jump yes. in the river. Let go of control. Let go of trying to figure out, like evaluating yourself and measuring yourself up and believing that you don't measure up and that you are somehow separated. But receive the truth that he has paid for you to be included, that he is, he is, the lamb is slain from the foundation of the world. You know, I keep seeing this lamb slain two parts, Right? And this river of blood, river of his blood bl flowing life. of life, right? He said, rivers of life will flow out of your bellies, right? If the not river, pump. <laughs> yeah, if the river of life is not flowing out of me, I might be on the wrong thing, right? So the sign that I am sliding down this, there is a river, right? There is... God fruit, there is Holy Spirit fruit coming out effortlessly from my life. And this is what repentance is. It says repent from what? Dead works. In other words, works that are not alive. What are living works? It's like a tree. It's producing fruit effortlessly, right? You know, uh, we were praying for Terry. I didn't sweat any. I'm sorry. I, I didn't really put my back into it. 
You know, what did I do? I loved Terry. It's not, I love Bruce. It's not, it's not an effort. It's his love that flows through us. They don't need my sweat. They don't want my sweat, actually. Right? <laughs> no, but there's this ease. And the minute I realize I am doing dead works, what do I do? First of all, repent, which means recognize they're dead and let them go. Bring them to Jesus. You remember, what, you remember what the prodigal son did when he, he figured out that he didn't like the life he was having? Where was he? You guys remember? In the He's in the pigsty. Some of you guys seen my tent there? But anyway, and there he is in the pigsty. Now listen, if you stood in a pigsty, what is, how clean can you get while you are standing in a pigsty? Not clean at all. Right? You're just going to move the manure around, Right? And so what happens is he has no means to clean himself up, but he goes to the father. And the only way he has to clean himself up is what? His mind, right? I know my father won't accept me. My father doesn't, doesn't really want me because I've rejected him, but maybe he'll take my labor as a slave. And what does the father do? Is that, I don't know about you, but that's really wussy repentance. <laughs> Because the, God, that's not, the father runs up to him, won't even let him tell his, his story about being a slave. He goes, you've always been my son. Your repentance, my repentance, is not a work in and of itself either. It's not unto us to repent enough. It's come to him. Anybody here, you repented with weeping at one point? Like you really were deeply sorry for what you did. But guess what? I had that happen to me and then later attempted by my own efforts to make myself cry. Anybody? Anybody tried to make yourself sad for Jesus? No? Three of us? Really? I know I'm not that. No! And I remember, and I would go down in our church, we had an altar, and I'd go down to the altar and, you know, a little flogging, you know, <laughs> stick a finger in an eye. Anybody got lemon juice? I mean, I was, I'd do anything because I thought that's how you repented. No! Repentance is turn to God and live. Turn to God. If you cry, yay. If you laugh, yay. If you fall down, yay. If you dance, yay. That, because why? Romans 1 says it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. We can't even find repentance where we're standing, right? Was the, was the prodigal son doing a good job repenting? No, but he was headed in the right direction. Back to the father. I don't have any feelings on the issue. Stay with me. Verse 7 was where we left off last week in chapter 5. He said, guys, you were running a good race. You were running with Jesus. Woohoo! Slip inside, right? <laughs> you were riding with Jesus. Who, who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the, the truth? You guys, any guys remember the Olympics where the woman got tripped? Some of you are not old enough. Yeah. But it's all right. But that image, right? It's that image. It's the image of a race where somebody cuts in on you and trips you, right? He goes, man, listen, that kind of persuasion does not come from one, the one who calls you. Why? It doesn't taste like this, does it? It tastes like this. He says this. He says, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. The little beast. Little beast. Little beast, too. I want to say this. This is really, 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 really important. Really important. A little bit of works 
is all it takes to step away from the cross. How much? The minute. That's so this is why I remember as a kid, I'm gonna speak for some of y'all. Y'all don't won't even admit it, but it's okay. I remember thinking, why? What is the big deal about eating one apple that made Eve and Adam get kicked out of the garden? Anybody? Anybody felt ticked off about that? Yeah. Three of us are willing to admit it. I see some people quivering. They're like, we weren't allowed to say that. <laughs> no, I was so I remember going, what is a deal? That is so petty of It wasn't God. even a cookie. It wasn't even a cookie. I mean, they were making a healthy food choice, right? They're probably getting their steps in too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the enemy dipped it in caramel beforehand. I don't know. But, but, but the thing is, anybody know what I'm talking about? Didn't it seem petty? Can we be honest? Really? Am I the only one? Please. Okay. Thank you. I see the faces. Finally, people are like, yeah, we can admit it. We weren't allowed to say that. Okay. Stay with me. If you look into scripture and see something that doesn't look like a loving father who would give his own son, give everything to get his kids back, it simply means we're not seeing what's there. It doesn't, so we can ask hard questions. It's okay to ask hard questions because guess what? Good questions get good answers. Watch this. What happens? They eat the apple. Jesus, God only gave them one bad choice out of a million of good choices, right? Why? Because it's not love if it's not free. If you don't have the ability to choose not God, he's, then you, you're not free, right? And so God's like, I will only give you one. I'll only give you one, but you're good. And what happens? They eat the apple. And God immediately goes, enough. I will never talk to you again. Is that what happens? No. What does God do? Oh, Adam, where are you? God's looking for them, pursuing them to hit them, I bet. No. No. What is he? Now, again, where are you? Why is he asking that question? Because he, he knows where Adam is, but he wants Adam to choose to come to God. Amen. Why? Because he is not a dominating, controlling God like we've seen in religion. He is a loving father who pursues but does not control, loves but does not dominate. And so he goes, Adam, daddy here, daddy here, come here, come here. We can't come out. Why not? We're naked. Well, that's a news flash. What's been happening for the last however many years? I don't know, but you've been naked. I mean, that hasn't been a problem before. And so God goes, again, asks a good question because God asks good questions to reveal our hearts to us. Who told you we're naked? It was that woman. It was her. What would have been a different story if instead of pushing away from God and pushing away from Eve, Adam had said, it was me. I'm sorry. I made a mess. I don't know what to do. Help me. A whole new world. A whole different story. Because God is a loving God. But the thing is, the reason he moved them out of the garden is the garden, he said, I don't want you to be trapped in your sin. I don't want you to have access to eternal life apart from me. In fact, I would submit to you that they were the ones who fled from him. 
And his presence was the flaming sword because they were afraid of him and they didn't want him. The minute you and I realize that the fruit in our hearts is shame, fear, frustration, anger, hatred, in those moments, if we will stop, not like Adam. Anybody here has the supernatural gift of blame? Oh man, I'm supernatural. Like I, I, I was the youngest child in a family and I was sneaky. So if anything went down, I already had a whole levels of blame to throw. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. No, if in that moment, instead of trying to cover myself with blame, cover myself with judging others, covering myself, well, at least I'm not as bad as them. If instead I can say, Papa, it's not working. I messed up. It's a mess. What do you say? What do you want to do? In that minute, guess what? We're back in the slip and slide. We're back in his presence. We're back out of that place where he can begin to speak into our life and change everything. Change everything. Oh, wow. Well, that was fun. That was fun. If we could have the worship team come up. I don't know about you, but if this, if you've never heard this gospel, if you've never heard it, if you've never heard that it's this good, Maybe you heard the gospel that he, he paid for your sin, but now it's up to you to stay clean. Anybody? Or, yeah, yeah, you got to work for him. Let me just say this. No, 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 no. There is an ease. There is an ease in the gospel. And some of you are probably thinking it's too easy. But this is God we're talking about. It's his power. It's his might. If we could stand. Papa, every single one of us have things in our life from that escalator of shame and guilt. Every single one of us have areas of our lives where in our own efforts, it's not working. Every one of us has areas of our lives that don't have the fruit of heaven, they have the fruit of hell. So Lord, I just ask right now that you would reveal to us what those are so that we can hand them to you. Papa, I made a man. Papa, I'm so sorry. I covered myself up with a bunch of fig leaves and it didn't work. Papa, forgive me. What do you say about my life, Papa? What do you say? Thank you, Papa, that you are not distant from us. You are not hiding from us. You are not holding us at a distance, but you are running after us. You are pursuing us, not to dominate and control or beat us, but to love us and to give us the life that only you can give us by flowing through you through us. In your beautiful name, amen. As we go into worship, just run to the Father.